0: Having passion is owning success, but how can we find passion? Every Monday, Passion Says Success helps you find your passion through the lens of successful individuals. Because like Steve Jobs said, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. Join me every Monday to learn how others have found their passions and how you can do it too. On the show today with me, we have Jax Scott, who co authored the Cybersecurity Career Master Plan with me. Very, very exciting. She is a tenure Special Operations Warrant Officer with nearly 18 years of experience working in military cyber, electronic warfare, and intelligence operations. She is the founder and content creator for Beans and Bytes Tech Blog. She is also a co-host for the cybersecurity podcast called Hackers and Hackson. And she is the president of the cybersecurity consulting firm called Outpost Grey. And uh, she is also an executive leader in global intelligence and is an expert in military cyber policy. And JAX has led global development operations in cyber countermeasures to mitigate near-peer attacks. Jax is currently pursuing her Master's in Cybersecurity and Intel at Georgetown University. Oh my god, Jax, your profile is bomb.com. It is so solid. (laughs) Thank you for being my guest. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I was stoked when you were telling me about what you were doing with the show. And I think this is like a great time with uh, it it, because, you know, all the stuff that I've I'm shaken up in my life. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Is there anything you want to add to your profile?
1: No, I think you covered all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have a cat. We can Cooper Kitty. Yeah. I have a cat very animal. She's He's a kitty mummy. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So if you don't want to add anything, let's go right in. Let's dive into the content of the show. Um, so based on what I know about your backgrounds, right, you have a good mix between military and cybersecurity uh, for many, many years, and I'm sure many more to come. Yeah. So but before you uh, before being a soldier, and before being a cybersecurity specialist, have you ever worked in any other fields or ever challenged yourself in any other fields?
1: Yeah, so before I became a soldier, before I joined the military, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I was 19 years old and I launched my own company and it was, I sold perfume. I sold it with a storefront, but primarily out of the trunk of my car and I, we literally we would put perfume in the in the backs of the the vehicles and we would drive around all over america to different locations and we would just sell it either outside of malls or uh at farmers markets or any place and that would be we i did fairly well i made fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a week as a 19 year old back in the early 2000s when gas was still only a dollar fifty So it was was pretty, pretty good money, but right, that was right before I joined the military. So I had that entrepreneur spirit. And then when I joined the military, I served until I joined in 2004 and I served till about 2015 and then in 15, that's when I kind of started transitioning out. And I launched my company that I run today outpost Gray. at that time. So those are probably the two big things that I did, both entrepreneur like things. that were outside of being in the military and in cybersecurity in a way.
0: Awesome. So, um, yeah, I didn't know this fact about you that you have that entrepreneur spirit since your early um, age. And to me, I I feel like um, cybersecurity. Um, no, to me, I feel like military and uh, entrepreneurship is a little bit different, right? Because. Um, in general people say military is you listening to orders or you follow what other people tell you to do but entrepreneurship is something else that's totally different it's uh being your own boss uh what's your take on this
1: yeah it's 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 very much different it is i would say it's almost 180 because when i joined the military i had i was a thought leader in my own way and i did not do well my first four years because I didn't do well with receiving orders because I kind of lived on my I lived and I played my own drum and I would I would do things that I wanted to do that you cannot you can't act that way and be that way in the military. And so I wasn't conforming. I actually almost got kicked out of the military about my fourth year in because I just was not conforming to the way of the military, which is all you who you are and your individualism is gone when you join the military. You are an army of one. But that means when they and that's because I came from the army, when we use that saying, that is because you are literally a unit and a in and a, a element of one person. You're not an individual. And so that I had to scrape that from me was my individualism. And it was good for the military. I I excelled, but the problem was is when I transitioned out and I started my transition in 15 and 16, I didn't realize that I had suppressed my voice. And going back into being a CEO and a leader, it was it was a really hard transition because you're you're not you're waiting for those commands to come down from the tower, is what we call it, but to come down from higher to tell you what to do. But and you know this being an entrepreneur you are the tower, you are the leader, and you have to believe in what you're telling and what you're saying and what you're doing or your business isn't going to succeed. And so it's this very unique spot to be in, being an entrepreneur, being a soldier, getting rid of all of that, and then now going back to being an entrepreneur and a CEO again.
0: It's very interesting. Um, comparisons and uh, experience you have. So in the beginning, uh, being an entrepreneur, how did you come about choosing to go into the military? What was the story?
1: The reason I joined the military at 19 is I was in a really bad place in my life. And I I knew that if I didn't do something drastic and change the direction of my life, that I would probably be dead or in prison just because of the the people that I was hanging out with and the the direction that this type of work was taking me, it wasn't a good spot to be in. And it was something inside of me that I really, I'd always wanted to join the military. I didn't have family in the military. It wasn't there. I had a a grandfather. who was my step-grandfather that served. And then I had a brother that served for a few years, but we weren't a military family. This wasn't something where I'm like, yeah, all of my lineage had had been in the military. So I need to go. It was something deeper rooted inside of me. And so when I, I reached this point in my life that I, I was hitting my twenties and I realized I need to make a change. And the military was something that I saw as a challenge because I needed, I wanted that physical challenge. And this was actually at a time when women still couldn't join in combat positions. Cause I remember I went to every single recruiter. I walked into the Navy's the Navy recruiter. And I asked to be a Navy SEAL. And they told me that women couldn't be a Navy SEAL. And I said, well, what's the hardest thing, hardest, hardest position I can go into? And they're like, well, you can be a rescue diver. I was like, I don't really like, I don't really like water that much. So I didn't join the Navy. I still don't like water that much. And it was that, but every recruiter I went into, I was like, what is the hardest thing I can do? And I look back on it now and I'm like, God, if the, if, if we were where we are today, when I joined in 2004, there is no telling where I would be in my military career because I would have been able to sign up for that infantry or that combat position, but things happen for a reason. And so that was, yeah, that was, that was why I wanted to join. That was that physical, mental challenge. And I received it, but, but I didn't receive it in the way that I thought I was gonna receive it. I received it um, because of a special program that was stood up during my time in the military and it was called the cultural, cultural support team program. And it was a program that was designed by the Special Operations Command before women were allowed to go into combat roles. And they developed this program in 2010. And I applied and I went through a physical selection and a paper selection process. And I made the team and that was, that was, one of the greatest times that I spent in the military because I was actually able to be a warrior, be be able to succeed as a woman warrior in the, the United States military.
0: And that's what I love about you. Um, you always challenge yourself to the best, right? You always try to push yourself as much as you can and you nail everything you do. So that's definitely everything I know about you. (laughs) So let's fast forward a little bit into your um, story. And so how did you come about uh, choosing cybersecurity or how did you get exposed to this field? Or in another word, what got you interested in cybersecurity?
1: Yeah. This is such an interesting story because in, it was 2009, I was deciding to change my job in the military. We call them MOSs, but my job. And I, at the time was like resource management. And I thought I wanted to go FBI and I was in the police academy. I had all these things situated out, but I got married to a not so nice individual. And a lot of things got kind of shook up in my life is the best way of putting it. And in, in 2008, nine, I decided to change my job in the military, move to another state, sell my house, cut my hair and just, just start over. And I went into IT. They didn't have cyber at the time. So it was information technology. It was a 25 series position in the military that's still around today. And I decided, okay, well, I guess I'll do this. I wanna challenge. I want somebody, something physically or mentally challenging Because at this time, I had already gone through some uh, physically challenging military schools. So I got into it, and I excelled. I liked it. And it was this really interesting dynamic, though, because in 2009-10, I got put into this full-time job called... the the help desk SharePoint coordinator, and it was literally a level of hell. And I didn't realize that IT, just like cyber, had so many other avenues that I could go down. I truly thought that I was going to be stuck in this level of hell forever, and I didn't wanna do it. So when I got that opportunity to join that special ops program in 2010, 2011, I took that position and I thought I was never going to look back. I was like, I'm done with IT, I'm never going back to this space. But from that time on, I just kept getting pulled back into it. Whenever there would be an issue on the compound with one of the SF guys, computer systems or their network, I would be able to go in, I would troubleshoot it, I would get their network back up. And it was radios. I had a like, it was one thing after another where they would pull me in and have me help them on something that would be in the IT realm. And I kept getting pulled back in, I kept trying to get out of it. And then in 2014, I said, you know what, I'm going, I'm going to go to this new program for warrant officers called electronic warfare. And it's, uh, it's where you work on the electromagnetic spectrum. So I was like, that's it. I'm out of it, like it is over here. This is network electromagnetic spectrum is like radio frequencies. There's no way that I'm ever going back to it ever again. But lo and behold, in 2015, the Army decided to take EW, is what we call it, and put it under cyber. So I am all over again, here I am, back into cyber world in 2015, kicking and screaming, so upset that I got pulled back into the world. And I didn't embrace it, Kim, for a while. I was like, I don't want to be in cyber. I don't want to do this. And it wasn't until 2019 when I got deployed to support special ops in a mission called Atlantic Resolve in Europe. And I was put, I was deployed out there as the electronic warfare officer, but I never did EW. And I went right into a cyber planning spot where I got to learn about like cyber operations, cyber policy, law, private and public partnerships, cyber, um, cyber threat intel, like all of these things that I'm now doing today, all sparked Inside of me in 2019, all because I finally realized that there was more to cyber and IT than SharePoint and help desk. But it was this, it, it was so weird. Cause I just every time and I look back and I'm like, God, if I had just listened to the pool back then, or i just had a really good mentor in my life back then to think where I would be today, it would just wow. But you can't think like that. But I I do, I analyze. So Yeah. And that's how I kind of got into it. And now that I'm into it and I see it, I'm like this. I love it. I love it. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. And it sounds to me like uh, you have opportunities keep coming. Right. And even back then, you're not 100 percent sure that this is the one for you, but you still wouldn't say no. You still want to give it a try to see how it goes. And it's actually where it helped you um, to land where you are today. Right. Um, So to the listeners, if you do have opportunities coming Um, you don't have to say no right away. Maybe give it a shot to see how it would go, right? And Always,
1: always.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I noticed uh, with your stories and different fields that you have tried is also you love to challenge yourself. You always look for challenges, right? In military, you look for physical challenge. In IT, you look for mental challenge. So I guess that's um, another way, another good practice, I would say, uh, to lead to where your success success is today which is challenging yourself all the time what do you think
1: absolutely i i can't live without a challenge there's only so long and i've been working on this but there's only so long where i can just be really complacent and complacency is okay I, you know if somebody's happy at where they're at and they're successful but i am one of those people that when i hit a goal it i have to make myself relish it for a little while otherwise i'll be like cool i could have done that better though even though i accomplished it could have done it better so i'm gonna get over here it's 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 really really hard for me to take a moment and pause but it's yeah realize hey i've accomplished this but i will i will i know me i will move on to the bigger and better thing past that i have to
0: yeah i totally love it don't be don't sleep on your success right it's Yes. Yeah. by the way we can say this uh you got one thing and then keep challenging yourself keep looking for the next exciting things um speaking of um moving changing looking for new things uh after nearly 18 years of being in the military you have decided to step down and focus on cyber security so can you share a little bit about the transition because i'm sure a lot of people who are from the military would be very interested to see how the transition is to normal life
1: <laughs> Yeah, to civilian life. This is a question that I get often and there's no easy answer to it because I believe that everybody's journey is going to be unique to them for any of them military personnel. It also is dependent on did you spend, you know, 20 to 30 years? Did you do a term where you were basically you were ta- you were retired, you were pushed out? Unlike myself, I knew I was getting ready to retire, so I took the power back And I did the transition earlier. I think that also plays into the mental aspect, but it's still hard. Either, either of those scenarios are going to be really hard. And one of the biggest things for me was the communication. When I left the military, I could being in the special ops, I could hang around the guys and I talked a certain way and I was accepted I come to the civilian side and if I communicated in the same manner or even dropped it down just a little bit, I was, uh, I was treated differently and it wasn't a good different. It was, it's that unconscious bias that I don't know will ever go away of you are a woman and you're supposed to act and speak a certain way. And that was probably one of the hardest things for me, even being a CEO, I having to, represent myself in what I felt was almost not like an imposter. Like that's not really me, but what I realized is I'm not losing myself. I just need to learn how to be polished in a lot of ways. And that doesn't mean I'm going to lose myself, but I always thought that when I was transitioning out and I, people, it was really hard for people to accept me, mostly women. When I first got out, because I was really aggressive, because I had been around males uh, 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 not just mouths, but like elite level warrior killing machines, and the civilian world is very different. So those were my biggest challenges in understanding how to communicate with the civilian population, and that it's not a bad thing. Now that I've done it for a few years, I don't want to go back to full time military. I, I'm I'm happy that I've made this transition, and now I have my I call it my civilian family. And my military family, and then I can—it's like a language. I can communicate to both of them now. But that, for me, that was my hardest. That was the hardest thing, and being okay with it, not thinking that like you're losing yourself because you're you're going into this new space.
0: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of military people will find it um, helpful with what you share. I've heard one of the very common one is also communication, like. You just said, right? The, the communication was totally different in the military versus outside. So sometimes you feel a little awkward or you feel what's going on. Uh, you know, it's not how I used to communicate. So I guess um, there will be struggles, but it will it will pass eventually. So allow yourself to be patient with yourself. Um, <laughs> I, I guess is a way I can put it. Um, all right. So, uh, so go back to your cybersecurity, Career. You mentioned that in the beginning it took you quite a while until you realized that this is what you like, uh, cybersecurity. So at what point did you start to notice your interest in cybersecurity? Um, or how did you realize that cybersecurity is your passion?
1: I started in 2019 when I was deployed, I started seeing the other side of it. It was mostly out there. It was. Um, understanding how to leverage intelligence in the cyberspace, because I was working with host nation partners to help them with their uh, with their cybersecurity posture to protect themselves against adversaries in in Europe. And with that, I needed to understand the intelligence picture of our adversaries. So I really liked that. And then the other thing that I really enjoyed was and and also the frustration behind it, but our cyber laws and our policies and how they impact us on the battle space and not typically not in a good way. And how, and that's, that's what I really started diving into. And then seeing how dysfunctional we are between our public and our private partnerships. And that's, yeah, I started digging into that. And then when I landed the position over at FireEye, I was still working in, Eastern Europe was still my mission set. And I got to see it as an analyst from an analyst perspective. And that's when I really started loving and being able to utilize some of these skill sets that I had learned in the military, like the OSINT training. I had gone to military schools for the, the tools and techniques that we utilize as CTI analysts. I'd learned them in the military and now I'm getting paid on the civilian side to utilize them. But it's, it's the same, but different. And so I like that. I like that. I like being able to on the civilian side, uh, the, you, you can actually utilize the tooling in a certain way and create Intel reports that I, that you have, there's a lot of restrictions on the military side is probably the best way for me to explain it. Like there's a lot more restrictions. Now you don't have the same, you don't have like the same data feeds on the, on the military side. That you'll have on the civilian and vice versa and that's where some of that the, those parameters come into play so it was really it was really awesome because in this world every it's like data sharing is out there we, we need to get better at it but we don't see that data sharing on the public sector and that's one of the things so that's where my passion is and that's where it just kind of started growing more and more i'm one of those people being an entrepreneur it, we don't entrepreneurs don't always create brand new things. They they find ways of making current things better. And so when I saw how we were doing operations in 2019 and I saw where we were lacking and where we could get better, that's where my entrepreneurism naturally came out, hence relaunching my company into a cybersecurity consulting firm because I see where we could fill the gap and just become better as a as a nation.
0: I love the... Point you mentioned to find ways to make things better. And it sounds to me like that was how you got into cybersecurity, right? Because you noticed there are some uh, shortcomings in a certain aspect of uh, military and also cybersecurity. So you kind of put them all together and um, find your way in cybersecurity. So I totally love that. And this is something that I noticed in a lot of the guests in this show as well, which is they always look for ways to improve things that's mm-hmm. already existing. Always ask question. How can I make it better? How can I improve something? Right. So, yes. Yeah. Another another way to go about looking for your passion is questioning everything around you. <laughs> All right. So um, back to the military and let's discuss um, passion of soldiers. Um, so many people have found their, their passion in being in the military, in serving. And at certain points, they have to end their term because of different reasons. And To them, this feels like their passion is being taken away from them, right? So did you go through any of this? And um, how did you refine yourself? Uh, What advice can you give people who are going through the same situation and transition?
1: Yeah, this is something that you'll see, especially with soldiers that have been in a lot of most majority of my time has been in special ops. So you'll see it with soldiers that have either been in the special ops, because they typically don't move around every two to three years, like the conventional army, because the conventional army, they'll be in a unit, they'll be there for two to three years, and they move to another duty station is what it's called. But in the SF, when you get into a unit, you're in a designated area, and you stay there, and you stay there for you could be there for 15 to 20 years. And it's because that's your area of operation you have a certain language you have a certain area that you know it's just like intel you a lot of intel analysts have known areas that they're really good at like china russia iran it's very similar in the sf and other soft environments cuz you want those specialized individuals so when you're when they're taken out of that environment an environment that they've literally been around for 15 to 20 years it is it's shocking um you are basically not only do you have that transition of having to you're leaving the military now and you're going into the civilian world but unlike the conventional army that you may only have seen those people for two years and you're leaving it's like you're leaving your family it's like you're leaving your mission and your passion and that passion is that like i was saying that mission set that that specific mission that language that area of operation everything And it is, I see it, it, it's a lot harder for soft soldiers because when I left, even though I was only active duty because I spent time in the National Guard, which is just the one week in a month thing, when I left my mission and my team and I came back and then I transferred out of active duty and went into the Guard, even that alone, I felt... I felt alone so I didn't talk to anybody about my deployment. I didn't share it with anybody that I was deployed. I didn't share that I was in the SF. I didn't even people didn't know didn't know I was a veteran for months. They would be my friends or I might be dating somebody because I was in this like really weird denial spot and I had to refine my mission. At the same time I was I talked about it earlier. I was trying to refine my voice. I I had left the military, you know, the, an, a place where you're not an individual. And now I'm in the civilian world, trying to relaunch a company, trying to find my voice. Lost my passion because I'm not going to go back to going to combat at that time. That ship had kind of kind of sailed in a lot of ways, and it's hard. You and what you have to do. My best advice is. You need to have a good circle of friends around you, a good support group, and then you need to have a goal and something else to focus on, whatever that is. If it's education, if it's another job, if it's a hobby, but it's not going to, the transition's going to happen and it's going to be hard nonetheless. Like there's no way around it. You you have to find a new passion. And because some people will age out of it, just like I can imagine it's probably the same for models. You know, they age out of being a model. I can only imagine how that must feel for them you have to find a new passion. So the, you just have to know, redirect your mind and energy somewhere else uh, and get help and be okay with seeking, seeking help for somebody that knows how to guide you through that and give you the necessary steps that you can get there.
0: So yeah, a lot of helpful advices uh, from you for people who are transitioning out um, of the military, like having good support group or finding something else to keep yourself distracted from all of these transitions that overwhelms you, right? And okay, Mm -hmm. be okay to seek help and be okay to feel this frustration. Uh, Totally love it. So um, that is for people who are stepping out of the field. How about for the ones who are joining this field for people who are joining cybersecurity and also military, could you share some insights or advice about these two fields?
1: Yeah, if you're leaving the military and joining the cybersecurity field, I would say network and build your community around you. Get on LinkedIn, start uh, leveraging different social media platforms. LinkedIn and Twitter are the best for the cybersecurity industry. And start when we when we can get into more personal happy hours. You can do online happy hours. But find your circle, um, recreate it and start getting around more civilians. It's a little awkward at first because you don't feel like there's a lot of commonality, but you'll notice that it'll, that, that feeling of being awkward will eventually go away and you'll re your your passion. And you just have to, you have to just know you're gonna be uncomfortable, like it's gonna happen, but know that if you trust the process, you will eventually find that. And you mentioned it earlier. Try everything. Try everything out. See if it works. You'll typically, the good rule of thumb is like three to six months. Like don't try a job out for two years. You're going to know if it's, if you're not liking it within the first month or two, I always tell people give it three to six. In this industry, it takes about six months to really start to understand the position you're in, especially if it's like minor has any technical side to it. Give yourself six months. But if you're just hating it at three, I'd say pivot into something else, but at least try it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, at least give it a shot to to see, right? And three to six months, I think, is a really good amount of time to have a fair amount of knowledge to kind of tell if you really, really hate it or you're going to love it. So, yeah, Yeah. great advice. Um, And how about for other people who are not from the military, but they also want to step into cybersecurity um, and from perspective of somebody who's been in this field? Um, And also for women as well, right? Do you have any advice or insights?
1: Yeah, I'm big on networking. I mean, I wrote about this in our book. Uh, Big on networking. You've got to build your network because through your network, you're going to find your mentors and you'll become the mentor for your mentees. And it's a symbiotic relationship there. And that's going to help you. But again, it's time. So it took me really focusing on my network at the end of 2019, roughly around 19, to where I'm at today, where I feel like I have a solid group of people. And because of that, there's an enjoyment in the cybersecurity space. You know what jobs are out there on the hidden market. Um, You can get into doing speaking engagements and uh, doing other cybersecurity webinars that are out there. So first step is just build your network and then educate, reach out to people that you might be following and ask them some advice. But yeah, it's I think the biggest thing is network. And then don't be afraid to lean in. It's a scary spot. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. I still feel dumb. There'll still be times where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I should. And then I think and I'm like, do it, should I really know this question? Maybe I don't, you know what? I'm going to ask it. I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand. And every single time, without fail, somebody else in the room and had needed it. And maybe I was the only one on the call, but I didn't feel dumb. So it's hard. This industry is hard in that area.
0: Absolutely. There's so many questions out there. Even you're an expert in the field, there's still questions you don't know. And that's the fun thing about science, right? And cybersecurity is science. So there's always questions. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. So I have Another um, question for you, which is about gray post, No, Outpost Grey. Uh, so I know that you are relaunching Outpost Grey with a different outlook, right? So can you tell the audience a little bit about this company, what it does, and what can we expect from this relaunch?
1: Absolutely. cyber. So Outpost Gray is a cybersecurity consulting firm and we, I designed it to be a one-stop shop for small to medium-sized companies. I mean, we'll take on the large companies, but I'm being realistic. Small to medium, I want to focus in and provide a mission-driven approach to cybersecurity. And what do I mean by mission-driven? I want our clients to know that we are focused on their, their mission and whatever that is. Is that to help them figure out and refine and do an audit of their tooling and give them a vulnerability assessment? Is that to help them become compliant within the CMMC, the cyber maturity model? Is that to help them identify what cybersecurity insurance they need if they need it? It's the, we're your liaison, we're your team, we come in, we're your advocate, and we assist you, not by giving you another tooling for another high 100, you know, 100k overhead cost, because that's a lot of money for a, a small mid-sized company, but we want to actually come in. And eventually, once I get more clients, and I can prove this, I want to be able to say that you hire us and we can drop your overhead by 25%. And I honestly, Kim, I think that's possible because I see so many companies that are sold tooling at these outrageous prices and they've got 20 people in their company and they're paying like a quarter million dollars or $150,000 for tooling. Why? Why? Like basic multi-factor authentication and VPN, and maybe you know a firewall and a simple EDR solution, but they don't know that, and that's what I want Outpost Gray to be able to provide to these clients.
0: That sounds very very exciting. I cannot wait to see the new phase and what you have to offer. So, if people are interested in this business model, where can they find Outpost Gray? Is there a website for it?
1: yes it is outpost dot gray, com or they can just email me at my j-a-x at just my first name jacks at outpost dot com
0: awesome sounds i will be putting for the listener i will put the url to Outpost gray later in the description of the show so you can totally find it there and Um, So I want to wrap it up over here and I want to thank you so much for being a guest in Passion Says Success. I'm sure your advice and your story will uh, resonate with a lot of people and especially to veterans or military people or cybersecurity people. right? Um, And I'm sure they will find it very helpful. So um, last thing before you leave, if people want to stay in touch or connect with you, where can they find you?
1: I said, grab me on LinkedIn. It's the easiest. Just Jax, J-A-X, Scott. But there you go. I am Jax. Pretty easy to find. I'm fairly responsive on there. You can email me and I'm fairly responsive on there as well. So yeah, this has been great, Kim. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show.
0: Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Passion, success, success, a show built to help you find your passion through the lens of successful individuals. If you have enjoyed our show, please like, subscribe, or give us a five-star review wherever you are listening. If you want to show us support, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash findmypassion. Your help means a lot for us to keep the show going. If you would like to be a guest on the show, Please submit a request at findmypassion.click Thank you and see you next Monday.